This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Take a moment and pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. I just bless the people of God. I thank you for your presence that is here. We sense it, Lord. We sense that there's a divine destination to this service, Father God. And Lord, everyone that is here will receive. And Lord, I pray even for our our listening audience, the television audience, I bless them here today. And Lord, that they would receive from you right where they're seated or whatever they're doing, Lord God, that this word would penetrate their heart. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said... Amen, amen. Well, I'm going to continue in our series here on spiritual apathy. I thought I was winding down, and then I got more information, and then I started getting feedback. People saying, wow, I just really enjoyed the series. And so uh, I have a few more things on my heart to share. But I want to do a throwback to the 70s. Can we do that? All right, so those of you 50 and over will get this. But actually, some I was uh, talking to Maggie, and Maggie goes, oh, I know that song. I know that song. So this was a 1975 song, and uh, I want you to play it. She could play about a minute and 15. See if you can guess this. Some of you will just start rocking and holding each other once you hear it. <laughs> Go ahead. Eric Carmen, a song about being alone. Very popular song back then. I want to talk to you about the dangers of being isolated. Isolation, cut off. And that when we isolate ourselves from God's purpose, from relationships, from church life, that, hear me, is Satan's playground to cut you off. And I want to talk to you about that here this morning. So spiritual apathy, this is the fourth week in the series, subtitle is The the Dangers of Isolation. Uh, The scripture put it this way in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded, 
Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Now, last week, we, we talked a number of verses in this series. I just kind of series. I'll just kind of recap. In Revelation 2, 4 has been our text, but Jesus is speaking to the church in Ephesus, and he addresses this church. He says, I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first for the Lord, as we're talking about. And then in Revelation 2, 6, Jesus says, this you have, uh, which is good, actually, you hate the works of Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And we talked about that, spent a whole a Sunday on it, I believe it was the second week in this series, uh, the, the, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. And, and basically, what Nicholas taught, that doctrine, it, it, he was one of the early church leaders, he taught a doctrine of compromise. Somebody shall compromise. We know what that is. If you don't, you can Google it. The doctrine that the Nicolaitans taught was it's okay to be a little bit in the world and a little bit in the church. That's somebody shall lukewarm. That's what that is. It's compromise. And, and so I don't, he actually it goes on to say that, it, that, that we don't need to be so strict about the separation from the world in order to be good Christians. Now, we have to temper that in a life-giving approach, amen? We're not talking about legalism. How many of you know I've been a part of the churches where no makeup? I, how many are glad the women wear the makeup? Amen. <laughs> All right. Come on now. Uh, you know, uh, don't shave your legs. I'm glad my wife shaves her legs. Amen. Maybe that's, that's too much information, but uh, come on now. Amen. And, and, you know, use deodorant, brush your teeth, you know, you know the, the, some of these natural things. But there was, like, don't go to movies. Movies are of the devil. So, so we have Netflix, you know, and so, but that's okay. But, you know, can't go to a theater. And it was all these legalistic things that they thought that could protect people to keep them holy. How many know holiness is an internal thing, not external? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in an abominable, uh, God-hating nation, and they stood strong. And what was out there didn't get inside of them. You know, we just saw the Super Bowl. Uh, just don't want to bring that up again, you know, the victory. <laughs> just thought I'd mention the you know, Patriots. But anyhow, uh, you know, how come those guys over, some of them 300 pounds, smashing this little pig skin, and they can't pop that ball? Have you thought about that? I mean, have you ever popped balls before? I have, you know, accidentally. Or How come they can't pop it? And the reason is they have just the right amount of pressure, should be in there, the right amount of pressure, not deflated, amen. <clears throat> right amount of pressure this year. Uh, but that pressure, watch this, inside is greater than the pressure on the outside. Did you get that right there? And so God, you know, when we're full and we're not isolated, that pressure on the inside is greater than anything on the outside. That you may face. You could say amen to that. <clears throat> so, so we talked about that. Not you know, not having a legalistic approach, but that 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 sin of the Nicolaitans. And then Revelation two five, Jesus says, "Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. And that was kind of the three specific steps and kind of regaining our first love that we we talked on uh, last week. Regaining our first love. And so here's the thing. Satan, just watch it, listen. Satan's end goal, Satan's end goal, I believe, is to get us isolated and cut off from God's people, 
God's purposes, God's plan for our life, amen? And will you end up not a worshiper of God? You say, well, Pastor, I don't want to get in the whole backslidden thing. You kind of, most of you know where I stand on that. But the, the, the enemy's goal is to get you uh, hurt, wounded, disenfranchised, just fill in the blanks with the things of God through disappointment and hurts and frustration, and you're not a worshiper anymore. You're not a worshiper anymore. And you got all these issues. You know, let me just, just temper for those you feel you're in that state. God loves you, and he is pursuing you. I said he's pursuing you. I find it amazing, you know, when I talk to people that they come up to me and, you know, they get connected with certain people, whatever, and then they tell me about it. And I went, that is totally awesome. That's the church. That's the church working, amen? And, and, and I'm just elated. And I was like, well, how did that happen? They usually say something like this. God told me to meet with that person a month ago or two months, but I didn't. And then I ignored it. But then that person connected with me or some other situation where I reached out and I stepped out and I said, hey, would you? So what, is that? what that tells me is God is speaking to you all. Amen. He is speaking to you about, I wonder about how she doing, you know? I wonder, oh, let's just move on. We got our family. Everything's good, hunky-dory. No, wait a minute. God is speaking. We need to respond to that. Respond. That's where obedience comes in. How many with me say amen? And so now there Going back to the point of not worshiper of God, not being a worshiper of God. True worship, just a little definition here, is a spiritual posture by which we affirm who God is and where he belongs in the hierarchy of our affections. Did you get that? That's what true worship is. <clears throat> and there's a fundamental connection between worship and missions, and you see these flags in here, and we're very passionate about missions. And when I heard this statement, I was a little taken back. Oh, wait a minute. What is this guy talking about? But I believe there's a lot of truth to it, and it goes in line with what we're talking about. John Piper said this. He said, missions, watch this, is not the ultimate goal of the church. When I heard that, I went, okay, wait a minute. Missions is. I mean, we got to go reach the lost. We got to proclaim. We got to, you know, help build churches and get people saved. Amen. But he goes on to say, worship is not the ultimate goal, but, uh, excuse me, uh, missions, but worship is. Worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Hmm. The spiritually lost state of humankind is important. The worthiness of God is preeminent. When we get to heaven, we're not going to be doing missions. <laughs> we're going to be what? Growing in worship for all eternity. Amen? So I thought, wow, that's true. The worthiness, the quality of deserving attention. God is worthy for your worship. Well, you know, I think I made a quote from an atheist that said, I'd rather, instead of serving heaven, I'd rather rule in hell. There's going to be no ruling in hell with you if you're in hell. No. <clears throat> but, but worship is going to go on for all of eternity in the Lord. Why? He's worthy. He created you. So He's worthy. He's worthy of that. He created us. He is the God of all. Amen? Amen? Deserving of our attention. Honorable deserving. Now, let me just say this, going back to this point of, of, of being isolation here. I've come to believe the ultimate prize for Satan is not the satisfaction of damning a human spirit to eternal life. In other words, sending a human spirit to hell. It's not his ultimate satisfaction. It is, watch this, robbing God of the worship he deserves from that human spirit forever. That's what he's after. Because why? You belong to God. 
He created every human being. Sometimes my wife and I would walk around if we're in airports and every place is busy. I mean, we came back from Florida and you know, Orlando, and it's just like, wow, there's all these people. And the thought crosses my mind, and I usually lean over to my wife. I said, does God love everybody? Because <laughs> some people you wonder, you know, it's like, does he really? And she goes, he loves everybody. Yes. Thank you, honey, for bringing me back to truth. <laughs> He does, but it's true. Once again, the ultimate price for Satan is not damning a human spirit to eternal life. It is robbing God of the worship he deserves from that human spirit forever. We were created to worship God. Now, here's the thing. Isolation makes us vulnerable to sin. Let me say that again. When we isolate ourselves, we are vulnerable to sin. Let me help illustrate that. Have you ever heard of a lion pride, you know, where lions, they hunt together? Well, that is a lightly organized group, the lion pride. You say, what do you mean by that? Lions are opportunist hunters. They're opportunist. In other words, they, lions don't test their prey for weaknesses like maybe wild dogs would or whatever, where they sit and they watch and they think, okay, that's the weak one, that's strong. Lions don't do that. They don't do that. The only weakness lions are looking for is isolation. Who is the one that's veering off? You know, is there a cub? Is there, that's the, that's what they're looking for. Someone that's isolated. Because why? They know if they can single that one out and isolate them and remove them from its herd, lunch is easily delivered. Okay? That's just the way it is with with the animal kingdom. Even if the, the, the animals that are much larger than them are faster than them, doesn't matter. They work with isolation. <clears throat> well, friends, we are much like uh, lions unsuspecting prey. You say, why is that? Because we are made weak and vulnerable by isolation. Here it's the song, all by myself, you know, cut off. We may be living life oblivious to the threat. See, a lot of times many men are just kind of oblivious. I'm, I don't need anybody. I've talked to many men in the past two my years and talked to this one other, you know, minister. And I was like, I don't need nobody. And I went, that's not true. No, you do. You do. Just you need more than anyone <clears throat> as a minister there. You need others. Um, but but we, we're sometimes oblivious to that threat. The threat is there and it is real. And Satan, the scripture says, I go back to First Peter Uh, 5.8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour or whom he may devour. So he's looking, he's looking, he's looking for where he throws out seeds of uh, disappointment, seeds of uh, disillusionment, seeds of offense. You know, I don't like that pastor. You know, one time I was, it was another church I was serving, I was sitting on the front row and people were coming up for communion and, you know, and I'm just trying to be respectful of everyone so I kept my head down and just solemn okay it's communion time and he walked by me looked at me which I was unaware of. it wasn't in this church it was a place I served for before then he wrote me a letter <laughs> and he went I saw when I walked across you you put your head down that there's you know there's something you have against me and went who I went to the pastor who is this guy I don't even know him it's seeds you gotta judge those seeds you gotta, you gotta, and listen, uh, I'm gonna go on an edge right here. I'm gonna go right on the edge. Ready? Spouses, you need to help each other, not feed each other. Oh, did you hear that? 
help each other. You know what? No, no, honey. They're just frustrated. They're, you know what? They're really hurt in this situation, and they're acting. It's really not. You got to help each other. Not. Yeah, I know you're right. I tell you what. You come on. I, I hit a nerve there. Amen. So, someone shout hallelujah. <laughs> that was prophetic right there. We shut the meeting down right now. Go home. Think about that all week. With that lion picture in your mind. <clears throat> Staying disconnected, isolated, has the power to do much more than simply make us feel lonely. Watch this. It may be what the enemy uses to prey upon you and bring you down. I've seen that happen so many times. You know, the landscape is littered of people that you bump into and you go, oh, yeah, are you a believer? Yes. And you, uh, where church you attend? Oh, I, I don't go to church. I, I don't go to church. Well, what happened? Well, this happened, whatever. Or, ah, you know, this so-and-so, this circumstance, and this appointment, or whatever. I, 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 I don't go. And they're isolated, and they're cut off. Guarantee, nine times out of ten, they are not growing spiritually. They are drawn back. They're not, they're not you know, moving forward to the things of God. I'm not saying that they've lost their faith, but, you know, faith, I said this before. I mean, faith is, is action. It's, it's decision. You're either moving forward in God, or you're, or you're going back. You're not standing still. Amen? <laughs> That's just how it is, our, our faith. God never meant for us to grow alone. He never meant for us to grow alone. We're talking about the dangers of isolation. And the reason is, is a few people experience lasting spiritual growth in isolation. I mean, you know, you, I always thought, well, maybe I'll be a monk. I thought this as a kid. You know what? I'm never going to marry. Be a monk. Think how that, if that would have panned out, you know, how <laughs> I'd have been a raving maniac monk, you know. But then nobody's there to challenge them. You know, maybe someone bumps them in their coffee is whatever, you know. There's no, you know, we need each other that rub again. You know, Bible says, as iron sharpens iron. So man, so another man sharpens the countenance of his friend. You know what? When we got married, that was the scripture that was prophesied over my wife and I. <laughs> Some of you wonder, well, well, that's a nice word. You don't understand. Sparks flying. It's a good thing. But we're better. I'm a better, I believe I'm a better man, husband. I hope I am. Uh, today, <laughs> than I was back then. And I believe she would say that, hopefully, about me. Moving right along, you know, there was a recent survey on isolation and loneliness. And they asked over, I'm just going to read through this, 20,000 American adults if they agreed with the statements like, people are around me but not with me. And no one really knows me well. The survey found that younger Americans were more, uh, were lonelier than older Americans. Government data shows that the percentage of people in the U.S. who live alone nearly doubled from 7.6% in 1967 to 14.3% in 2017. That's a lot of lonely people alone. Young people in the U.S. may be more socially isolated in recent years. It goes on to say, there doesn't appear to be an epidemic of loneliness, but there is one of social isolation. Social isolation. It says it is possible that socially isolated people are turning to social media to treat their feelings of loneliness. Amen, Pastor Mike. That's truth. That's going on right now. This could make them feel less lonely in the short run, but these connections could be more about quantity than quality. And it goes on to say, there aren't necessarily, these aren't necessarily the people Americans get together with in person or turn to when we need help. And people often use social media when they are actually alone in a room on a screen. Alone. Millions of people. Millions. Their social life for the short run is, is, is the internet. 
That's a tragedy. Watch this. You know, God has a way that every issue we're faced with, he goes for the juggler. <laughs> Watch this. The scripture will. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. It's like going right to it. Like, yeah, that's what it is. <clears throat> he breaks out against all sound judgment. I thought, okay, let's help that, you know, formal translation. Here's some, if you can read these. But it says, an un, watch this, an unfriendly person pursues selfish ends. And against all sound judgment starts quarrels. Mm. People who do not get along with others are interested only in themselves. Wow. They will disagree with what everyone else knows is right. Some of you are thinking right now, I know of a person like that. A loner is out to get what he wants for himself. He opposes all sound reasoning. Wow. Friends, God never intended us to grow alone in isolation. He created us with the need, the desire, and the capacity for authentic, intimate, personal relationships. Because why? That's his nature. That's the nature of God. And that is the space in which we grow best. We grow best in community. Genesis 2.18 says, God said it was not good for man to be alone. Now, I, I did a singles, I spoke to a number of singles years ago. I was youth pastor for 10 years, but I was invited to speak at a singles retreat. And I, speak, I spoke on a message of this. This is probably going back 20 years in Genesis 2.18. It says that it is not good for man to be alone. That word alone in the Hebrew actually is B-A-D, bad. In other words, you could say it's not good for man to be bad. But actually, it's a Hebrew word that means cut off. It, it doesn't mean everyone has to be married. Amen, singles? It's not what it means. It means you can be single and not alone because you're connected. You can be married and alone. Oh, amen. We won't meddle there, but yeah. Because why? You're in the house. You pass them, whatever, but you're alone. You're miles apart. Come on now. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so, and, you know, it, it, actually the definition goes on. It says, by, alone, by itself, it means separation. Like a part of the body cut off. You know, have you ever seen people that have amputees, you know, maybe lost an arm or leg? We have a lot, a lot of veterans that have been seriously wounded. And, and, and uh, we need to take care of our vets. Amen? We need, we need to take care of our vets. But, but they have a thing, the term that they call phantom pain. And what it is is where they have that arm or whatever that they utilize, that it's gone. They sometimes feel like they have that arm still there and there's pain, but there's no arm. And, and, and some of you have phantom pain. And you can't really connect to like, what, what's going on. I don't, I don't feel connected. And I've been coming for a few months or some of you maybe a few years. And I don't feel connected. And it's like this phantom pain. And, and you're, 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 you're disconnected. And God wants to connect you. Connect you. And so, once again, let me just say this as I wind down here. The local church community is the space in which we grow best. And that is by God's design. It's the local church is God's laboratory, if I could use that word, where your ongoing spiritual transformation happens. And it happens through relationships. And I thought about this and I said, you know, let me just interject. There are people right now that are back there with the kids. Sometimes we have a ton of kids. Sometimes we don't have as many kids, but they're ministering and Katie's handling that. And then Joel and Kim, who are actually in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but wonderful couple. 
tremendous couple with our youth and they sacrifice and Kevin and Kelsey been helping and, and just so many of you just stepping up to the plate with Kathleen and all of you open up your homes and blessing it. Let me just say this, that when you serve in those ministries, God will make sure you get what you need that week. So, well, I missed Sunday morning. You didn't miss anything. Because God will make sure he takes care of you because you're taking care of his. That needs to be said. I believe that. So he will create scenarios or situations that give you what you need, and you won't lack anything because you're serving. Now, if you're sitting at home, you're going to miss out. Amen? And you'll miss out. But God wants us to be connected. Can I get an Amen. Almost done here. Transformation happens through relationships in the context of the local church. I want you to think about, go back to when you were first saved. Uh, some of you, someone reached out to you. Someone, some of you, someone invited to a Bible study and you attended and you were kind of, I don't know, you know, whatever. And, and then it just kind of grew on you and, and, and God began to reach your heart. And um, some of you is because a parent or a grandparent and they were solid and strong and you backslid and but then you see their stability you had a grandma that prayed for you or grandpa and, uh, or, or some, and my point is is that somebody invested in you whether through prayer intercession and reaching out inviting something it was in the context of relationship and whatever healing and growth you've experienced since then has almost certainly involved i would say close personal relationships isn't that right God did not call us to be alone now i'm going to get into this next week lord willing other people cannot fight your spiritual battles. Amen? It's true. For you, or other people can't do your spiritual growing. Your wife can't, you know, do all the spiritual growing. And the one, it's time to pray. The wife prays. The husband's standing there kind of spiritually impotent. Don't know what to say. You know, when you ask him to pray, he doesn't know what to do. No, that's not the kingdom of God. Amen? You know, that, that, that you have a role. You have a role. And so you have to develop your spiritual growth. Growing for you will play junior Holy Spirit in your life. And so, <clears throat> however, it was, we'll see next week, I'm going to get into uh, how godly people can help you. They can greatly support you. And they can be a catalyst in your spiritual formation. Why? Because that's God's design. <clears throat> you know, let me just say this. People that cannot receive instruction teaching or even correction and i say this in the context nobody wants someone to walk around and be a cop to everybody blow the whistle hey you you're out of line you get you know what's going to happen to you people are going to avoid you amen but in loving relationships when you know them and you you do in life with them and you go hey sister you know hey, hey brother have you thought about this or whatever and and, and it's still ah you know don't blow up like a toad you know uh, you know, just, just if say it in a life-giving way. But we need each other, and we need the wisdom from each other. And and I've gained so much uh, insight from from this church body with other people, and and and, and so we don't want to be blown up toads. I know initially sometimes we can bristle and we go, calm down. If you know that person loves you and they're there for you, you can. You, it's more easily uh, palatable if I can say it that way. Amen. So. Um, but people that can never receive instruction, teaching, or correction, the Bible actually has a term. It calls them fools. 
it actually gets a little deeper. Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to advice and accept correction, and in the end, you will be wise. In the end actually means the end of your life. So this is an ongoing process. Wisdom is, I remember as a kid, go, I just want to be a person that's full of wisdom. And I'm 18 years old. How many of you know, I don't know much. <laughs> you know, but I just thought right now, if someone could take, if I could take my body, and I could take every, not my body, but my mind, all my, you know, and bring it into an 18-year-old body and then start again. Woo! Man, I'd have the physical strength, but I have all those 50-plus years of learning and growing and going through situations and go, that was wrong. I shouldn't have said that, and that was hurtful, and I didn't mean to do that. Come on, can I get an Amen. <clears throat> Back then, they lived six, seven, eight hundred years. So they had, you blew a hundred years, you got another hundred. <laughs> oh, but if you're a mess, you're a mess for a long time. So, so <laughs> once again, once again, here I am, I'm concluded. The local church community is the space in which we grow best, and it is by God's design. Stand with me if you would, please. It's God's design. In conclusion, uh, I got this little number of survey results on isolation. Worship team, you come forward. And it's titled this, Isolation Can Make Us Ill or Dead. <laughs> pretty, pretty straight to the point right there, concise. Recent research studies show how much we crave community and friendships. One study back in 2006, they study of 3,000 women with breast cancer found that those with a large network of friends were four times more likely to survive as, as women with sparser social connections. You know, I was involved with a situation many years ago. And a dear lady received, she had breast cancer, and I was actually at the hospital with a husband, and he got the notice, and the doctor said this, that you have four weeks to six weeks, and she'll be gone. Wow. It was heavy, he was weeping, and I was praying and just kind of grieving in that. But what we did is the woman was smart. She was so plugged in with church. We started, by, you know, a prayer nights on Wednesday night and started gathering and started praying. I'd go over and give communion. And, and what happened was that four weeks to six weeks went to three and a half years. She moved to heaven, but then she got to see her grandkids be born and one son get married. Come on now. And, and she, she experienced so much more. Yeah, I, I wish she was totally healed. I, I wish she was, but I know where she's at. I know where she's at. And she's looking down going, I would not want to come back. Okay, that's just, but, but, but I believe the prayer. She was connected. She was connected. Amen. Don't wait for that to go, oh God. I got this life-threatening thing. I better start. Let's get connected now as people know you. A French study that monitored nearly 17,000 utility workers revealed the degree of their social interactions was a good way of predicting who would still be alive by the end of the decade just because of their uh, involvement with other people. A third one, a study involved almost 3,000 Americans found that people with close friendships are far less, are far less likely to die young. Another study found that, here, here for you men over 50, 50 plus year old men with active friendships are less likely to have heart attacks than unsociable men. All by myself, don't want to be. Gotta break that. We gotta break that. Amen. 
Despite this powerful scientific evidence, our habits are becoming more solidary. Since the late 1980s, according to surveys of the United States, Europe, and Australia, more and more people say they are feeling isolated and lonely. Every head bowed, please. You're here this morning as a pastor. I don't even know if I'm saved. Maybe you're watching by television. I don't have that assurance of salvation. This is a great day. This is a great opportunity. And perhaps maybe you're here this morning and you don't have that assurance. You can receive that assurance. The Bible says, these things are written that we may know we have eternal life. God wants you to know. He wants you to know. And you say, maybe, you know, you're a Christian, but you're backslid and you've been isolated, you've been hurt, but you're coming back to God. You're coming back to God. I want to invite you to participate in this prayer. If you say, yes, pastor, pray for me. Let's pray together in unison. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. I welcome you. Thank you for saving me. I give you my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.